hello and welcome to Life Church. It's great to have you here today. Uh, my name is Ryan Coggins. I'm the executive pastor here at Life Church. It's my honor, it's my privilege to continue our series called Sticky Notes today uh, as we talk about the forgotten virtue of honor. Uh, we've talked already, the last weekend Pastor Aaron shared about purity, and the weekend before that we looked at the, um, the virtue of gratitude. And today we're going to talk about the lost art of honor. It's fitting that it be Memorial Day weekend we talk about such a subject. In fact, before we continue uh, with the message tonight, could I just have, if you have served in the armed forces for this country in any capacity, if that's you, would you just stand to your feet right now, West Campus included, would you stand to your feet right where you are? guys can go ahead and be seated. Uh, Again, we want to say thank you so much. I know it sounds so trite to say that, but really, um, to to be here today and to worship freely is a result of men and women like you who have laid their lives on the line and made a commitment to this country, and we say thank you for making that commitment. It seems very, uh, a a lot easier on Memorial Day weekend to talk about the the topic of honor because it seems to be something that comes a little bit more naturally on weekends like this. But I'd venture to say that most of the other times during the year, I think it's something that is often forgotten about in our culture. It's often something that's overlooked. And you hear people say things like, well, people just have forgotten their manners, you know. And while I might agree with that, I think it's much deeper than knowing which fork to use at dinner, okay? I think it's a lot deeper than that. It's about an issue that goes down to the heart of honor in our society. Uh, Just recently, I was at McDonald's, and um, I don't care for a whole lot on the McDonald's menu, but for some reason, I've always liked their breakfast. Does anyone like breakfast at McDonald's? I do. No shame in my game. I like a little sausage burrito, and I often uh, will drink a, a very large Mellow Yellow at 6 o'clock in the morning. And, and before you judge me, it, the third ingredient in Mellow Yellow is orange juice, so I can get away with that. It's, it's one of those things. But um, I was sitting at McDonald's, and sometimes I go there a little early. I was getting a few things done, thinking through a few things. And while I was there, a family came in, and it was two teenage-looking um, guys, and then their mom and, and, and their grandpa. And they came in. And I was just kind of, you know, kind of doing my thing, but looking out of the corner of my eye, watching this whole thing, because the kids came in, and they were just, they were being kind of loud, disrespectful, they, and then I heard them start swearing at each other, and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? And I'm just watching this whole thing uh, develop a little bit out of the corner of my eye, and pretty soon the kids come, and they sit down at a table pretty close to where I was uh, sit, sit, sitting, And I look over, and they're just, you know, kind of bickering back and forth and calling each other names and that sort of thing, things I can't repeat here today. And pretty soon, their grandfather comes and walks walks by them and is going to sit down next to them. And they say, Grandpa, get lost. Go over to the other side. We don't want to sit by you at all. Leave us alone. And I'm just looking, I'm just like, it's about to go down. What's going to happen? Because I'm just thinking, if I did that to my grandpa... 
I mean, he's like 85 years old and could still whoop my butt. You know what I'm talking about? He's one of the, I'd get my lips stapled shut if I did something like that. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. The grandpa doesn't really do anything. He kind of mumbles something and walks off and goes and sits down. The mother then comes and does the same type of thing, is getting ready to sit down and say, Mom, go eat with Grandpa. We don't want you here. I'm just like, uh, what's going to happen? You know, somebody's going to throw a punch right now because I'm like, my mom would light me up. It wouldn't even be wait till your father gets home. It'd be right then, right there. It would not be a good situation if I did that. And the mom just turns and walks towards the grandfather and they sit down and eat. And sometimes I think, well, maybe that's an extreme example of dishonor. And you know what? I've seen situations like that time and time again. There is a certain element of honor that has become lost in our, uh, in our day and age. And before you think, well, those, those kids should start acting a little bit better, my thought went directly to the, the mom and the grandfather saying, who's teaching these kids the art of honor? They have to be taught somehow. It's something that has, has, has bothered me uh, quite a bit because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm someone, you might call me old-fashioned, whatever you want to say. Um, I teach my kids how to say uh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Um, that's something that you might say, well, that's cultural or whatever. I'm from the north, and that's what I teach my kids to do, say, say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. When I say, ask my daughter to do something, for example, I expect the answer, yes, sir. And um, recently, I uh, had to explain this a little bit better to my daughter because um, she had done something. I don't know exactly what it was, but it wasn't good. And I told her, do you understand me? And I say, you say, yes, sir. And she said, Daddy, do I only say yes, sir, when I'm really naughty? And I'm like, I'm like okay, I got to explain that a little bit better. It's not just when you're naughty. It's all the time to say, to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Um, but I often wonder, where is the honor? You don't have to look far. To, to ask that question, where is the honor? You, you look at TV, just as an example. You look at the way wives and husbands and wives interact on TV. It's not funny when a wife berates her husband and belittles him in front of her friends. That's dishonoring. It's not funny when a husband looks at another woman with lustful eyes. That's dishonor. It's not funny. It's dishonoring. I look at the way children sometimes interact with their parents, this being one example at McDonald's. I see kids rolling their eyes at their parents. I'm just going to tell you, I get my eyes popped out of my head if I would have done that as, as a kid. You know, that's just something you don't do. That's dishonoring. And then, you know, kind of to sucker punch the parents a little bit, it's, it's, it's not honorable when you don't train your kids how to honor um, authorities. I look at people um, at sporting events when we sing the national anthem that they did, a, the band just did an awesome job on tonight. You see people on their cell phone with their hat on, talking, not paying attention. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm just old school, but I like to take my hat off, stand in reverence, and, and be quiet during that time and reflect on our great nation that we live in. Um, that's what honor does. I look at um, just the institute of marriage and you look at just the fact that 50% of marriages end in divorce, and I would tell you there's a lack of honor there because the commitment and the covenant that was made in marriage is oftentimes disregarded. In fact, half the time it's disregarded. You look at government, and I'm not going to get all political on you tonight, um, but you look at just the lack of honor there are for the authorities that have put in our life on, on both sides of the aisle. Um, you look at the way people treat God. Dishonor simply means to treat something as common 
or as ordinary. That's what dishonor is, treating something as common or as ordinary. And I wonder how, how, many, how, how often do people treat God as common or as ordinary? Remember the t-shirts from a few years, few years back that say, Jesus is my homeboy. You remember those? You don't have to admit if you had one of those. But I looked at those t-shirts and I'm thinking, no, 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 that's not funny. That's treating God as common, treating him as ordinary. It's dishonoring. You look at movies that say, well, six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Some of you know what I'm talking about when they say that. That's not funny. That's dishonoring. That's treating God as common or as ordinary. And tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we restore the lost art of honor in our culture. This is a, a sermon that, to be honest with you, I'm not, it's going to take some shots at people in this room. You're going to, some, sometimes it's going to be like, wow, I got to challenge my thinking on that, this issue. But honor is becoming less and less a big deal in our culture and more and more a lost art in the day that we live. And you know, it's interesting. I, I was at a funeral recently and it seems like at a funeral, it's very easy to honor somebody. In fact, you get done with a funeral sometimes and be like, I never knew all of those great things about that person. But why is it so difficult while somebody is living here on earth to show that kind of honor to them? We shouldn't have to wait till somebody passes, passes away before we can start honoring them. There's a few places in Scripture, in fact, there's a ton of places in Scripture where it talks about honor. It talks about who we are supposed to honor. I don't want to spend a lot of time on talking about who because I want to talk more about the heart of it, but there's a few places in Scripture. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Honor one another above yourself. We could, we could stop the message right there, all go home. If we could nail that verse, that would solve a ton of problems, but honor one another above yourself. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Slaves, honor your masters. What is it talking about in our context? It's talking about social authorities, whether that be a boss or a teacher or a coach, whatever that means, to honor those people. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, honor your wives. Ephesians 5, 33 says, Wives, honor your husbands. Ephesians 6, chapters one, or excuse me, verse 1 through 3 says, honor your father and mother. It continues in verse 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Bring them up in the ways of God. Honor is to flow both up and down. It's supposed to flow in every direction. It's not just having your kids honor you. It's you honoring your kids by showing them how to honor, by teaching them in the ways of God. Romans 13 talks all about civil authorities, whether it be government or police or fire, whatever it might be, to honor those people because God has put them there. God has appointed them, them there. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 says, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. This might sound real self-serving, but to honor those uh, who are ministers, honor, honor pastors. And, and I might be real old school on this one, but I have a difficult time. Um, I've always called my pastor, pastor. I've called him pastor so-and-so. That's, that's been the way I was raised my entire life. In fact, um, sometimes Pastor Aaron and I will be in, in social settings and he'll say, just call me Aaron, you know? And I'm like, I just, I can't do it. I don't know why. It just, it's just part of how the way I grew up, just calling him. Anyway, um, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, it talks about how we are to honor God, and God himself says, people are honoring me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's not enough to come in here and just to worship God and to praise him. It has to be lived out in our everyday 
lives. So how do we do that? How do we restore the lost art of honor? There's a few common denominators between all these passages of scriptures we just looked at, and I want to point a, few, a couple of them out tonight. The first thing is this. If you're taking notes, this is going to be on the screen. Honor is determined by value. Honor is determined by value. Another way of saying it is this. The level of honor you give is determined by the amount of value you perceive. The level of honor you give is determined by the amount of value you perceive. Let me give you an example. This, um, this flag right here is from the number five green at the uh, University Ridge. It's a golf course in Madison um, that I've played a couple of times. It's a, pretty, it's, it's a nice course, but this is the flag from hole number five. Now, if I were to, it's kind of a cool piece of memorabilia, something that you might see at, you know, an Applebee's around the Madison area or something like that, kind of like if you got a foul ball at a baseball game, kind of just a cool little thing to have. Um, but if I asked you how much money would you give me for this, I'd probably say maybe, maybe somebody would give me 20 bucks, maybe. Uh, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch because honestly, this in and of itself is just not all that valuable, kind of whatever, kind of a cool um, kind of a cool piece of memorabilia, but not all that. It's not worth a whole lot of money. But I would tell you tonight that I, man, I would not sell this thing for thousands of dollars. If you want to give me like 50000 let's talk after service. But other than that, I, I mean, I, I would not sell this thing for, for, for thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. The reason why is that this flag was given to me uh, about five years ago, and one of my students in youth ministry, uh, I went to, uh, I, was, I was youth pastoring in River Falls, Wisconsin, and one of my students, he had made the state golf tournament. Their whole team did. In fact, there, I had a couple of students on that team. But there was one student in particular that in youth ministry, there's, there's always just, there's a few students that you just have like some kind of a unique connection with that, I don't know, for whatever reason, my heart really just kind of went out to him and I saw a ton of potential in him and he was one of the, my go-to guys. We always... We, we hung out together. We'd go play golf together. He was a phenomenal golfer, taught me, you know, how to fix my slice and all that kind of stuff. But um, we'd, we'd hang out, and he's just a kid that I just saw a ton of potential in. And we were at the, they made it to the state golf tournament. And so I, I drove down to Madison to watch. And on the second day, the team was down by several strokes. It looked like they were going to be losing. They were going to lose the whole tournament. And uh, they would have to take, they were down like eight strokes in the final, in the final day. And um, Josh, his name is, uh, on, on, the, on the fifth hole, on the last day, got a hole in one on, on this hole. And that actually, had he birdied it, they would not have won the tournament. It took a hole in one for them to win the entire tournament. Kind of a dramatic, cool, I mean, it, I was there, he was jumping up and down. I was like, man, that's awesome. Uh, it was so incredible. But on the day we moved from River Falls to Germantown, he comes over to my house he writes a little note on here. It says, just says, Ryan, thanks for everything. And he signs his name. He gives it to me. And he says, I just want to thank you uh, for being a part of my life. I want to thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for being at that tournament. That meant a lot to me. He gave me this thing. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't take that. He's like, I already, I already wrote your name on it. It's no good to me. You need to, you know, you need to take it. This is, this is for you. To me, this carries a whole new meaning than just a flag. To me, this is a big deal. To me, this represents a whole lot more 
than just, you know, a piece of fabric. Um, it means a ton to me. It represents um, a whole lot in, in ministry and that I never forget the impact that I've made and the impact on, on human life. It means a big deal to me. Nothing has changed in the last five minutes about this flag other than your perception of it. I venture to say that your perception makes all the difference when it comes to the issue of honor. And if we were to take this same exact principle and start to apply it to every single human life that we come in contact with, if we would really, if, if, if our minds could grasp the concept of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 when God says that man was created in the image and the likeness of God. And because of that, there is immense value on every single person. If we would begin to grasp that for just a second and put that kind of honor and put that kind of value onto every single life, I'm telling you, it would change the way we treat people. It would change the way we honor those around us. It would change the way we treat our husband or our wife. We would not, no longer see them as common or as ordinary. We'd start seeing them full of potential and value and created in the image and likeness of God. We'd stop seeing our kids as common or ordinary. See, I, I see way too often parents talking about their kids and, 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 and pointing out all the flaws in their children. It's okay to be honest with them and, and tell them things that they need to work on, but man, talk to them about the things God has put in their life. Talk about the potential they have, the value you have, they have. You have no idea how much that means and how big of a difference that makes. This is something me, me and Amanda, my wife, we've personally made a commitment. We are going to pour into our kids. We are going to talk about how much potential they have in Jesus Christ. Um, I've done this more so. My, my son, he's not even one yet, so it's not, he, he's getting there, but I'm still talking to him about all this. But my daughter, she's almost three, and so she gets it. And so um, just the other day we were talking, I don't know how the topic of marriage came up, but we were talking about, who, you know, are you going to get married someday? And she was like, yeah, and gets all kind of embarrassed about it. And I'm like, May, I got to tell you something. And she's looking at me, and I have her full attention. I say, I just got to tell you, your husband someday is going to be such a lucky guy. And she's like, why? I'm like, because you are beautiful, you are smart, you're funny, uh, you're just awesome, mate. And Jesus has created you with a reason and a purpose. I'm just excited. And I said, your husband is going to be such a lucky guy. And she got this huge smile on her face and looked at me and says, says this, Daddy, he's going to be really lucky. And I was like... <laughs> It's exactly what she said. I just started laughing and she kind of started giggling about it. But I, I never want her to lose that sense of, of, of confidence that she really was created for a reason, that any guy is lucky to have her someday. I never want her to, to lose sight of that. And as parents, I'm just going to tell you, we have a job to cultivate that in our kids. That's what honor is, that we have a job to cultivate that in our husband or in our wife. We have a job to cultivate that in the, in the people that we surround ourselves with. The level of honor you give is determined by the amount of value you perceive. If you want to know what somebody values, just take a look at what do they honor. You know, you, you think about what, what is somebody's prized possession. That's something that they show a lot of value to, and as a result, they honor it, whether it's a car or whatever it is. 
But you can really see if somebody really has the art of honor, the, 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 the virtue of honor in their life, if they do that to, to another human being. Second thing, if you're taking notes, it's going to be on the screens. It says, value is determined by honor. Now, we just said honor is determined by value. This is just kind of the, the opposite of that. Value is determined by honor. Kind of put it like this. The level of value you receive is determined by the amount of honor you give. Quite simply, honor uh, breeds blessing. I'm going to give you two examples of this. There's one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament about how the virtue of honor, when you start putting honor into practice, that there is a blessing in that uh, from God. Malachi chapter 1, this will be on the screens, verse 6. It says this, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. Now we continue, continue on to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, a verse that you've probably heard before. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. If you read through the book of Malachi, uh, you see that God has a certain amount of frustration with his people. He's saying, you're not really honoring me with the way that you're living your life all throughout. And it, it, it's not this that God has this ego trip and he needs people to honor him. He, he like needs this constant praise in his direction. It's not so much that. You see in, in chapter 3, verse 10, it's more about God wanting to bless people, God wanting to shower people with blessings, but he can't do it because they don't honor him. God wants to bless us. God wants to, I mean, it says it right here. You look through the book of Malachi, he wants to bless us, and oftentimes he cannot because people do not honor him at all. God doesn't need, in fact, this specific example is talking about financial finances. God doesn't need your money. You think for a second that he needs your money. He does not need your money. He needs your heart. He needs to be honored. He wants you to show honor in your life. There's another example in the New Testament that Jesus experienced in his own hometown. Uh, if you want to open up to Matthew chapter 13, uh, Jesus is on somewhat of a kind of a regional speaking tour, if you will, and he gets to his hometown, and here's where we pick it up in verse 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did, uh, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And see this in verse 58. It says, And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. A couple things going on here. First of all, the people who knew Jesus best honored him the least. How often does that happen, that the people that we become, some, somehow familiarity often um, gives way to dishonor? 
that the people that we know the best, the, whether it's a, a spouse or family member, whatever it might be, those people that we know the best, oftentimes honor is the most difficult thing to do in that scenario and should be the easiest. I don't know why that is, but even Jesus experienced this in his own hometown. Secondly, we see that Jesus did not do many miracles in his hometown because there was a lack of honor. Because these people looked at him and said, man, isn't that, isn't that Jesus? He's the kid who got straight A's and he's a kid who is just that snot-nosed little kid who is all, you know, whatever the, I mean, they knew him from growing up. I mean, he was just a kid to them. They, they didn't know any better. And now he's proclaiming to be the son of God. Who does he think he is? There, there was a lack of honor there. And because of that, Jesus did not do many miracles there. I wonder how many people in their own life do not experience the miraculous powers of God because there's a lack of honor in their life. Whether it's, um, whether it's lack of honor to civil authorities or social authorities or you know, whatever it might be to parents or to God himself, there's a lack of honor and they don't see those miracles happen in their life. They don't see the hand of God. They don't see the blessings and the provision of God because of a lack of honor. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, those who honor me, I will honor. This is God talking. He says, those who honor me, I will honor. If you're saying, Ryan, man, I'm having, I'm having financial problems right now. I don't really know what to do. I would tell you, man, the only issue in your finances might be that you're just not honoring God with your finances. And that if you would simply do that, the Bible says, it's a promise, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you don't have enough room to contain it. Man, that's, that's, that's what the blessing of God is in your life. You're saying, I have marital problems and you don't understand. This is working out. This isn't working the way I thought it would. And that person is so, it's just tough to honor them. I would tell you, the Bible wants you to honor your wife or honor your husband. And out of that comes blessing. The level of value you receive is determined by the amount of honor you give. And the last thing tonight is this. Number three, respect is earned, honor is given. Respect is earned, honor is given. See, there's a big difference between respecting somebody and honoring them. In fact, I'd say there might be people that you don't necessarily respect that still deserve to be honored. Respect is more about the person that you're respecting, okay? It's more about them. Honor is a little bit different. It's somewhat about them, but it's more about who you are as a person. It really shows who you are in Christ. Sometimes it's just about making up our minds that we are going to show honor to those where honor is due. But Ryan, they just don't deserve to be honored. They just don't deserve it. You don't understand. They just don't deserve to be honored. And my answer to that would be, neither are you. But what did Jesus do for you? If we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, very rarely will someone die for a righteous man, although for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That Christ, while we were still in the midst of all the filth and all the sin, said, they're worth it and I'm going to give my life for it. And what are we to do as, an, as a reflection of that? To love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But they just don't, it, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter if you think they deserve it or not. The Bible says they do. The Bible says they have value, and so we are to honor them. So how do we do that? Just a couple, I'm just going to give you some real practical, this is how we can implement this um, today. A few things, a few ways that you can show honor. First of all, honor stands at attention. Honor stands at attention. Now, I'm not literally saying whatever, you know, you always got to be like that, or I'm probably showing how naive I am to military lingo and all that, but uh, honor stands at attention. It's a posture of honor. I'll tell you the difference. If I'm, if I'm just sitting at home, I'm watching TV, kind of flipping through the channels, laying back, almost asleep, and my wife comes home, and I'm just kind of sitting there. She comes in. I see her out of the corner of my eye and just say, hey, how you doing? And keep flipping. Or if she comes in and I see her, I stand up and I say, hey, how are you? How you doing? There's a complete difference in how that's going to be perceived. And it's not, it's simply a posture. It's, a, it's, it's an element of respecting and honoring based on how attentive, it, there's a posture of honor. Another thing you can do, give with thoughtfulness. Give with thoughtfulness. This is something that I've, um, I've begun to do a lot of, of, of late. And I'm not saying like spend a ton of money on, on those you love. Sometimes a guy's way of like giving a thoughtful present is to spend a lot of money. And it's not always that. It, it's simply thinking about somebody, um, whether that's your spouse or whether that's a kid or whatever it might be. Sometimes the best presents are just the ones that put the most thought into it. Um, I'll tell you, this is something um, I talk to a lot of different um, pastors uh, and different churches. I'll oftentimes, I, I probably some people get sick of me, but I'll just cold call some, like a really large church and ask, how do you do this? And I'm always trying to figure out how do you do this or that? And after that conversation, I always write a thank you card. I put a $10 Starbucks card in there and I send it to them. I've done this, I mean, I'm telling you, I've done this a lot, probably at least a hundred times I've done this throughout the last seven, eight years. And I will tell you that on a few occasions, I've had somebody respond to that and, and call or email and just say, and I had one person in particular that said, I have never had somebody do that to me before. I've probably spoken with well over a hundred different churches telling them how we do this and how we do that. And that is the first time I've ever gotten a thank you card. Certainly the first time I've ever gotten you know, a Starbucks card. And I'll just tell you, give with thoughtfulness. Uh, just, that's the way you, you can honor somebody. I wanted to show honor to what that person has done, what that person has given their life towards. I wanted to honor that. Another thing, speak with affection. It sounds so easy, but can be so difficult. Just be nice. Can everyone just smile for me? Just, 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 just smile. Show me your smile. Just be nice. Just be pleasant. Be nice to your waiter. Be nice to your waitress. Be nice to your neighbors, uh, whatever it might be. And I'll just tell you, I've, I've, uh, I've lived in the upper Midwest my entire life, but I've traveled around different parts of the country. This isn't necessarily one of the, not literally, but one of the warmest environments in, in the world that, that some people sometimes just look like they're so upset. And I just tell you, just be nice. You don't have to let culture dictate your level of honor and how you show honor uh, to those around you. Just be nice. And lastly, honor serves with a passion. Honor serves with a passion. 
This is something I'm very proud of being a part of Life Church on because we have some of the greatest volunteers and greatest servants I've ever seen at any other. I've been, I've been a part of other churches before, and I tell you, uh, they don't even come close to the amount of servant heart that there is here at Life Church. And I want to thank you for that. In fact, um, did a little research this past week, found out that in a given week, in one week, on average, uh, there are over 800 hours, volunteer hours, given to Life Church. 800 hours. That's, that's well more than, than the entire staff does. I'm just going to tell you right now, it is, it's pretty cool to see the amount of passion that people serve with here at Life Church. In fact, it's become so in, kind of infectious that um, people have started picking up on this, and, and may, many of you may, maybe saw on Friday night there was a news story about Life Church and about uh, the mission's heart that the people, that you guys have. And we wanted to show you that clip, and then I'll wrap up. So guys in the back, you can go ahead, check this out. The death toll in Joplin, Missouri, reached 132 today, and more than 150 people are still unaccounted for. While survivors search for their loved ones, people in Wisconsin are getting ready to lend a hand. And new at 10, 12 News' Jason Newton visited the Germantown church, preparing to go south. It's hard not to have some emotion glancing at the wreckage, homes and lives shattered. We were moved by compassion and we wanted to help out. Kevin Miller is the leader of Outreach at Germantown's Life Church. We go anywhere from around the corner to around the world. Now they're reaching out to Joplin. We had a lot of guys, um, even though they have full-time jobs, they jumped right on board and said, we'll go. Miller says missions have become their mission at times, with trips to Oaxaca, Mexico, Montenegro, and Ethiopia, building a church, volunteering help, but this will be their first disaster response. When people go through destruction and devastation, you know that they, it's almost like they lose hope, but we want to show them that there is hope for them. They plan to drive here, delivering hope in the form of supplies, food, and fellowship. Miller says that his team is ready to go, ready to help. Life Church will be working with the group Convoy of Hope. They're already on the ground helping families in need. Now, authorities say they're still in that search and rescue phase. Once that's done, though, the Germantown volunteers will drive in. In the newsroom, Jason Newton, WISN 12 News. Isn't that cool? You guys have such a heart and a passion for missions. And, and you know, you can really tell a lot about somebody um, if they not only, sometimes it's easy to honor those who maybe economically or on the organizational chart at your work who are kind of above you, sometimes easy, it's easier to show them honor, but you can really tell if somebody really has caught on to the virtue of honor when they reach out to somebody and honor somebody who maybe by the world standards or the organizational chart or whatever it might be are, are, are below you know, who are less than, or, or by whoever standards, the, you know, CEO who goes up to an administrator and honors them. You know, you can really tell a lot about somebody when they honor somebody who the world would say is unhonor unhonorable. Life Church tonight, today, let's be the church who honors God, first of all, but honors our spouses, honors our kids, our parents, our bosses, our coaches, our teachers, our civil, our social leaders, let's be that church today that masters the art of honor. Would you pray with me? 
Father God, we thank you that you have honored us. That while we were still sinners, that you died on the cross for our sins and showed the ultimate act of honor to us. And out of that love, Lord God, all we can do is honor those around us, to honor you, to honor our families, to honor those who are in authority in our lives, and to honor those who might be the marginalized of society. I pray tonight that we, on an individual level, would truly grasp the art of honor, that we would reclaim the art of honor. No longer would people look at America and see a country that is completely disrespectful and dishonoring, that just treats everything as common or as ordinary. But Lord, we want to be people who truly honor those around us. I pray, Lord God, that you would challenge us today. In your name we pray. Amen.